Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. D.C. Cofield, senior pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church of Houston, Texas. I want to thank you today, first and foremost, for the privilege of your time. Thank you for allowing us into your personal space so we can inform your head, inspire your heart, and encourage your spirit to become all that God wants you to be. There are only two kinds of people in the world, people who know Jesus and people who need Jesus. And so if you're a person who needs the Lord, I hope today you will come to know him. And if you're a person who knows him, I hope today you will grow in him. And to the family of hope, love to the family. Our scripture reading today will come from Psalm 11, beginning at verse 1. Psalm 11, beginning at verse 1. And I'm reading from the new contemporary version of the Holy Script. I trust in the Lord for protection. So why do you say to me, fly like a bird to your mountain? Like hunters, the wicked string their bows, they set their arrows on the bowstrings. They shoot from dark places at those who are honest. When all that is good falls apart, what can good people do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord sits on his throne in heaven. He sees what people do. He keeps his eye on them. The Lord tests those who do right, but he hates the wicked and those who love to hurt others. He will send hot coals and burning sulfur on the wicked. A whirlwind is what they will get. The Lord does what is right, and he loves justice. So honest people will see his face. I've read for you Psalm 11, verses 1 through 7. This is the word of the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time together today. Father, we thank you and bless you for this privilege, this opportunity to be able to come to you, to worship you, to offer you acceptable sacrifices in this prescribed period of time. I pray now, God, that our worship will be pleasing in your sight, that it will be given to you as you are looking for worshipers who will worship you in spirit and in truth, in both intensity and integrity. May our worship please you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, my brothers and sisters, I don't have to tell you that, man, we are going through some things in our world, not the least of which is the Delta variant and a lot of confusion out there around going back to school and children wearing masks and not wearing masks. But let me just tell you a story because I want to encourage you today, if you haven't gotten vaccinated, to get vaccinated. If you need a booster, go and get that booster. I was just talking to a young man just this past week who said to me he and his wife are recovering from a bout with COVID, specifically the Delta variant. He did not think he needed to get his vaccine. He was, he was fine with not getting it. Uh, he wasn't against those who did get it, but he just didn't think he or his wife needed to get it. And he got sick and had to spend a long time in the hospital. And he said, you know what? He said, man, I wish I had gotten that shot. I wish I had gotten that vaccine and I'm gonna do my best 
to get it as soon as I can. Now, let me give you another story. My wife and I got vaccinated, our final shots in February. And we've been fine. We've been doing well. We've been smart. We've been diligent. And my wife came in contact with some people who had the Delta variant. And she contracted COVID. She tested positive. But here's the difference. Instead of being in the hospital for months, and that brother told me, man, he had never been that sick in his life, and he didn't know if he was going to make it because my wife had the vaccine. She had just a couple of aches and pains, almost felt like a little cold, but you know a cold lasts 10 days, if not more. Her illness, a couple of days, she got some rest, isolated herself, and was doing great. So I'm just telling you, if you get the opportunity, please, ma'am, please, sir, get the vaccine. Don't be those people who are not only against getting the vaccine, but they're also against wearing a mask. Do your part to stay safe and to keep your family and friends safe as well. All right? I just threw that in for free. Listen, the praise team is going to come now with Elder Mark Taylor and lead us in our time of worship. And then today I've got a special word for you. I've got a special word for you that I hope will encourage you in the midst of difficult and challenging times. I don't know about you, but I've been dealing with some things uh, personally as well as professionally through no fault of my own. Uh, sometimes when things come at me, I just kind of put them off or pick up other things that are more pressing. And man, I just got inundated with things that needed to be taken care of, uh, really heavy things. And I've been praying, asking God to give me a word to show me what he wanted me to do. And man, the Lord took me to this word in a devotional time, and I want to share it with you on today. All right, Elder Taylor, come on, let's worship the Lord together with the praise team. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's time to worship. Come on, wherever you are, put your hands together and let's bless the Lord. David said in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Let's go, y'all. Magnify the Lord with me. Sunny hath redeemed. Clap your hands, rejoice and sing. Oh, you are the Lord of everything. Perfect Lord in all your ways. Perfect Lord in all your 
Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Treva Jones. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. No more chains holding me.
two kinds of people in the world, people who know Jesus and people who need him. And the people who know him can sing that song, I have been redeemed. And because I've been redeemed every day, psalmist says every day is a day of thanksgiving. It's a day of, of praise. When I wake up in the morning and I have received new mercies, that means that God has shown me that he is worthy of new worship and new praise for that day. And I can't allow the things that are occurring around me to keep me from giving glory to the God who lives within me every day, every day. Come on, say that every day, every day you should give God praise every day. If you don't do anything else, start off the day giving him praise and then close the day giving him praise. There's a song we used to sing at the New Mount Calvary. Baptist Church in uh, Bears Head, New Jersey. Uh, that's where I was baptized, where my father started preaching. And the uh, Trap family, Sister Trap and the Trap sisters, we used to close with a song that said, Oh Lord, it's been a mighty good day. 
And the song would go something like this. Just before I close my eyes to sleep, I thank the Lord for being so good to me. I cannot think about justify all of the things that I've done. But Lord, it's been a mighty good day. Yeah, it's been a mighty good day. So let's give God praise every day. Come on, let's go to God in prayer and give God our attention for his word. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. Um, I pray now that as your word goes forth, it will find fertile ground in the hearts and minds of those who are listening. Those who are listening both near and far, God, bless them right now that good seed would find good soil watered by your providence so that that good seed that finds good soil in our hearts would result in good fruit. I ask your blessings now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, in most contexts, the concept is the conduct that is best chosen when you have multiple choices. Uh, it has with it this, this idea of what's preferable, uh, what is most beneficial. It is defined by some as the antithesis of the antonym to the word evil. The word is good. Good. And most of us, when we think of the word good, we, we smile. If we don't smile on our face, we smile on the inside because most people want to experience good in their lives. Uh, you want to experience good times with people, family members, or friends. Uh, you want to experience good times uh, doing what you love to do, whether it's a hobby uh, like reading a book or maybe it's a craft or, or maybe it's traveling. You, you want to experience good times traveling. You, you want to experience uh, good times no matter how simple those good times may be. Uh, thinking about, for example, family gatherings, right? Uh, family reunions or family dinners. Uh, some of you uh, grew up in a, in a context where your family was all relatively close, and so you would have Sunday dinner, and you think back fondly to those Sunday dinner memories. They were good times when uh, grandparents and parents and children were all in a household together, and if you were really blessed, you might have a fourth generation Present. You might have a great-grandparent, grandparent, parent, and children present in the house. Good times, right? But my brothers and sisters, here's what I've learned in life. Good times don't last always. Yeah, you, you can experience good times and have good memories, great memories, but man, there will come a time when those good times will come to an end. There will come a time when that family gathering is no longer as good, no longer as meaningful, no longer as much of a blessing because the people who were sitting around the table are now absent. Uh, good times of traveling will, will only fade to memories because you can't 
get around like you used to do. Uh, I'm at a point right now in my life when I'm, I'm battling some, some illnesses. You know, I tore my quadricep muscle, so I'm still trying to rehab that. And, and I tore the muscle on the good leg, and I already had one bad knee from basketball playing for years. And so I'm, I'm now readjusting my life around traveling and, and what that looks like and what that feels. And I have a new reality. So some of my good times are memories of what's happened in my past. But what do you do when your good times begin to fail in your present? What do you do when the good times and the good things and the good people that have been around you are no longer there. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought, when your good falls apart. When your good falls apart. Our foundational text is Psalm 11, verses 3 and 4, but contextually, I think it would be a blessing for you to read the entirety of that psalm again, as we did earlier. When your good falls apart. Uh, In the midst of everything that was going on, in the midst of everything that he was going through, uh, David was determined to do what God had called him to do. But that didn't mean with his commitment he would not come in contact with some bad times. And so David in Psalm 11 gives us a a picture of what needs to be your posture and position when good times begin to fall apart, when when your good is no longer around. Three things I want to share with you very quickly, and then I'm going to take my seat. Number one, you need to realize good things will fall apart in your life. Good things will fall apart in your life. Verse 3, Psalm 11, when all that is good falls apart, what can God, good people do? When all that is good falls apart, what can good people do? Let's just go with the A part. When all that is good falls apart. David has literally watched as his society around him has eroded. Uh, The king with whom he had favor, Saul, uh, now wants to take his life. Uh, David is running. David is hiding. David has seen his good times fall apart. Uh, This phrase, good falls apart, is translated in others. Some of you may be more familiar with this phrase. Uh, The ESV translates it this way, if the foundations are destroyed, if the foundations are destroyed. Now, it's not a very popular word. Uh, It doesn't appear a lot in the Hebrew scriptures, uh, but it's a word of significance for us. Let's let's look at this first exegetically. He says when, when, some translations have it if. So it's not necessarily a certainty, but you need to be prepared for the possibility and the probability that you will experience a time when your good falls apart or the foundations 
are destroyed. It's not a guarantee that it's going to happen, but my brothers and sisters, I've got to tell you something. I have lived long enough in life to come to a realization that nothing is built or created to last forever. I don't care how much you use it. I don't care how little you use it. At the end of the day, everything has been made and created to eventually fall apart. So I've been living in my house now, this house, for about 11, 12 years. And we've had some repairs that needed to be done. Um, I, I've got some windows that, that have to be uh, fixed. I've had some door that need to be readjusted, right? Uh, I've had some appliances that I had to call a serviceman for. And, and I'm like, man, this is crazy. It seems like everything is breaking at the same time. And my wife said to me, she says, sweetheart, nothing is made to last forever. How long have you been in this house? You've been here 11 years. This is stuff that you purchased when you first came here. It's about time for it to start breaking. And I was like, wow, you know, you're right. Because nothing lasts forever. You will see the good fall apart. You will see the foundations destroyed. And, and, and that word for good or foundation there is, is a word that, that means a basis or uh, a, a purpose. A, a political or moral support was the immediate context within which this word was giving. Um, so, some translated seat. In other words, something that you rely upon, something that you trust in, something that you benefit from having access to. He says that which you have depended upon, sometimes it, it's going to be destroyed. Sometimes it's going to fall apart. That good thing. My brothers and my sisters, listen to me carefully. There's somebody right now. If nothing else, the last 15 months, 16 months, COVID-19, the Delta variant, and all that has come out of this, and then you add to that the social unrest, what we call social justice, but we see the injustice of the justice system, all that has transpired, the divisions in our country between black and white, rich and poor, listen, all of that has caused for many people their foundation to be destroyed. That which they had built their life upon, that upon which they had depended upon, it has been destroyed. What do you do when the good falls apart? When your good has been overthrown, when your good has been pulled down, when your foundation, that which you have depended upon, that upon which you have stood, that upon which you have found solace, what do you do when your good falls apart? See, whether it's personally or professionally, mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually, Come on, let's be honest. If you live long enough, all of us will experience a time when the good falls apart. When, when the person that we love the most has to say goodbye to us or we say goodbye to them. When the person that has been there that has had our back can no longer have our back for whatever reason. When the person who said, I will 
never leave you now is nowhere to be found. Every one of us will experience a time that bank account had gotten to a level where you said, man, I'm on easy street. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to retire. And now the economy has turned and now you can't retire as you planned. Or that dream house that you purchased now has become a nightmare of payments. Right? Every one of us will experience a time when our foundation is destroyed when our good falls apart. Here's the second thing, though, I want you to see very quickly. Number two, you need to realize there will be times when you can do nothing when your good falls apart. There will come a time, there will be a time when you can do nothing when your good falls apart. Look at verse 3, Psalm 11, the B part. When all that is good falls apart, here it is, what can good people do? Now, remember back in verse 1, David says, I will trust in the Lord's protection. So he has declared his dependence upon God, that he is going to trust in the Lord. But when he gets to verse 3, the B part, he says, when good falls apart, when the foundations are destroyed, what can good people do? Some translations Translate that phrase, what can the righteous do? What, what can we do? And listen to me, uh, typically, we try to fix what we can, keep what we had, hold on to what we are losing, especially when we deem it to be a good thing when it's something foundational to our lives, right? Uh, I was just talking to a friend who was telling me about a mutual friend who was trying to hold on to youth. He, he's in his 60s, and, you know, he, he kind of thinks he's, he's Mac Daddy, right? And so, you know, he, he wanted to make himself more attractive to a young lady who was uh, more than half his age, right? She, she, is, she is way past half his age. And so, it, it, sharp guy. You know, good-looking guy, you know, salt and pepper, and, you know, salt and pepper beard, really well-trimmed and everything, man. And so uh, my friend called me. He said, man, I, I saw our buddy. He said, you won't believe it. I said, what? He said, he dyed everything black. I said, he dyed everything black. I said, come on, man, stop lying on that. He said, man, he dyed everything black, everything, the beard, the mustache, the hair, dyed everything jet black. He's trying to hold on to something. He's trying to hold on to an image. He's trying to hold on to a, a, a presentation that is fading away, that is fading away, right? You know people like that who are trying to hold on to what they deem to be their good thing. And the question is, what can you do? What can you do? See, under the lawless rule of Saul, the very foundations of society and the moral order were being lost. And the question was, what could the righteous do? Like when you have a corrupt government official, a corrupt leader, and that leader is doing what they think is right when you know it's wrong or it's in their best interest at your expense, what can you do? 
David asked the question that many of us ask. When the good falls apart, what can good people do? When sickness comes, what can good people do? When marriages fail, what can good people do? When children suffer, what can good people do? When we lose a loved one and we know that death is a part of life, but even though we know that intellectually and cognitively, it is still difficult for us to accept emotionally when it happens, What are good people to do when we have to say goodbye to somebody in a premature fashion? What can good people do? David asked a question, but I love his answer, which leads us to the third thing. Here's the third thing. Number three, you need to realize when good things fall apart, you have a good God who's still on the throne. You need to realize when good things fall apart, you have a good God who's still on the throne. Let me read verse 3 again just to give you the immediate context. When all that is good falls apart, what can good people do? The Lord, verse 4, is in his holy temple. The Lord sits on his throne in heaven. He sees what people do. He keeps his eyes on them. If you're not shouting right now, I'm telling you, you just missed a shouting moment. David, watch this, doesn't answer his question directly. David instead answers his question with a declaration. David says, what can good people do? And then he shifts from looking for good people to do anything except one thing. Remember and refocus on the Lord, that the Lord is still in his holy temple, and the Lord is still sitting on his throne. Well, let me put a cord in the meter and park right here because I need to help somebody in this shout today. First, he says, the Lord. The Lord, Tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H, the unspeakable name of God according to the Israeli people. He's the self-existing, the eternal God. He is Jehovah. This is his Jewish national name. This is the God who was in the beginning before the beginning began, who stepped out of nowhere, stood on nothing, and said, let there be, and there was. This is the God who has created everything and rules over everything. He says, the Lord. The Lord, oh my God, I, I cannot help somebody today. Let, let, me, let me just testify for a moment. In the midst of everything that I've been dealing with and going through, uh, family issues that we've been dealing with over the years, had church issues, uh, lawsuits, we were sued, and all kinds of stuff that was going on. Listen, man, God had to remind me, Lord Jesus, that he is still on the throne. He is in his holy temple. He is still God. And I make a mistake when I raise my problems, my situations, and my predicaments to God-sized levels. Because if I'm not careful, I will go to God more talking about how big my problems are than looking at my problems and letting my problems know how big my God is. 
David says, the Lord is in his holy temple. Now, for David in his immediate context, here's what David understood. David understood how important it was to express his absolute faith and trust in God. David understood that he had to remind himself that even though Saul may be reigning on earth, Jehovah was reigning over all. He was in his holy temple. David reminded himself, and somebody today, I need you to remind yourself, remind yourself that the Lord is in his holy temple, that the Lord is still on his throne. That God is still God. He is in charge. He has all power. And he is able to do what no other power can do. He is in charge. Come on, somebody put amen in the chat if you will. Somebody put PTL, praise the Lord, in the chat if you will. Let me know you're out there. Let me see your praise. Let God hear your praise as you recognize that God is still on the throne. God is still on the throne. I, I got to hurry up, but watch what he says, the B part of verse 4. He sees what people do. He keeps his eye on them. He sees what people do. He keeps his eye on them. Listen to me carefully. God sees what we do. God sees what we go through. God is never surprised by what comes our way. Lord, have mercy. You may be surprised. It may have caught you off guard, but nothing catches God off guard. God sees and God knows exactly what we are facing. He is in his holy temple and he is on his throne. Listen to me carefully. Don't miss the contrast here. Your foundation may fall apart, but his foundation never changes. And David basically says this, when your good falls apart, when the foundations are being destroyed, he says, you need to go to a rock higher than yourself. You need to make sure the Lord is your foundation. And sometimes, my brothers and sisters, come on, we just got to be reminded. Let's be honest. We just got to be reminded when we start putting our trust in the things around us, when we start putting our trust in the people around us, I don't care how much they love us. I don't care how much we love them. At the end of the day, sometimes we've got to be reminded that we've got to put our trust and our faith in God. We got to put our faith and our trust in God that God is going to move as he sees fit, even if he chooses to move through the people that we have been trusting in. We've got to recognize that that trust is misplaced if we're trusting in them and we're not trusting in the God who will use whomever he chooses to use. What, what do you mean? Uh, look, look at Joseph for, for a moment. God is on his throne, and God is able to turn tragedy in the triumph. Uh, he's able to take what was meant for evil and turn it around for good. Think, think about Joseph. Uh, Joseph is in an Egyptian prison after being envied by his brothers. He is sold into slavery, lied on and set up by Potiphar's wife, and ends up in prison. Moses was a prince in Egypt, 
who heard the calling of God got cast out of Egypt after killing an Egyptian. He, 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 he's on the backside of a desert and he's taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. Think about Daniel for a moment, the best and the brightest that Israel had to offer. But here they are being marched out of Jerusalem into captivity. The city has been destroyed. The temple is in ruins and Daniel was in chains. Joseph is in prison. Moses is in a desert. Daniel is in chains. These were dark moments, but watch what the God who is still in his holy temple and the God who is still on the throne, watch what he does. He takes Joseph the prisoner and turns him into the prime minister. He takes Moses, who was in exile, on the backside of a Midian desert and takes Moses and turns him from a desert dweller into a deliverer. He takes Daniel and takes him from just being a captive in chains to becoming the king's counselor. All, all I'm trying to tell you is when the good falls apart and when good people can't do anything. We got to remember we still serve a good God. Come on, we still got to remember we serve a good God. When good falls apart and I can't do anything in my goodness, I've got to remember I serve a good God, that the Lord is still in his temple, that the Lord is still on his throne, that the Lord is still in control, that when I can't, he can. He is a Good God. He's a healer of the brokenhearted. He's a mender when you are torn apart. He's a light that brightens up your dark day. He is a good God. He's not afraid of what comes against you. He fights your battles when you can't fight for yourself and gives you victory when your enemy wants to see you defeated. Come on, somebody say, he's a good God. He holds your future so that your past won't destroy you. He is glad to have you in his hands so your enemies can't do harm to you. In his love, he can leave you speechless when you think about how much God loves you. Come on, somebody say he's a good God. God is good. God is good. He's our father, our healer, our redeemer. He's a good God. He's our creator, our savior, our defender. He's a good God. He's our alpha and our omega. He's our beginning and our end. He is a good God. He's an amazing God. He's an awesome God. He's a faithful God. He's a glorious God. He's a great God. He's a loving God. He's a mighty God. He's a righteous God. He's the God who saves. He's the God who heals. He's the God who delivers. He's the God who keeps. He's the God who revives. He's the God who resurrects. He's a God who makes a way out of no way. He is a good God. And here's the wonderful thing. After all of that, because he's still in his holy temple, he is still on his throne. Watch this. He will never change. He's always been, and he will always be. 
He's always been, and he will always be. He will never change. He is a good God. My brothers and sisters, listen, I got to let you go, but I got to tell you, I'm thanking God today that when good falls apart around me and the good within me can do nothing to change it and good people can do nothing, I still serve a good God who can intervene as he sees fit. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you and bless you for today. Thank you, God, for your word. I pray now that everything that has been said and everything that's been done would help those who need you to come to know you and those who know you to grow in you. Help us all, God, to learn to take our eyes off of what may be falling apart around us and recognize and focus on the good God that we serve and love. We bless you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here right now and you've never asked the Lord into your life, if you're watching right now, wherever you are, near or far, whether you're part of a church family or you're not, I want to encourage you to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. If you want to know how to accept Jesus Christ into your life, I want you to click on the button right now or go to our website to the link, I want to accept Christ, but how? And we will show you how to ask Jesus Christ into your life, how to make it right with God. Somebody, you may be saying, well, you know, Pastor, I I used to attend church or I go to church, so I'm all right. Well, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. The truth of the matter is you can go to church and still go to hell if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I want to show you how to do that, how to pray the prayer of salvation and ask the Lord into your life. So click that button right now. If you're looking for a church home and you believe this is where God wants you to be for this season of your life, I want you to click on the button that says, I want to join the church. We want to help facilitate your discipleship on the digital platform. We're being very intentional about what we're doing as we come out of the summer season. Man, this has been just an absolutely incredible time Um, we we thought COVID was under control and and people were reopening and people were traveling and jumping on planes and now we're seeing super spreader events out of this Delta variant that is easier to catch than COVID and can be just as deadly so a lot of people have been traveling and I've talked to pastors who are saying We're going to reopen, and then they come back and say, no, we're going to have to pull the plug on that. Uh, I want you to be safe. I want you to be careful. And if we have been ministering to you and serving you, and you have been blessed and want to become part of this church for this season of your journey, I'm not saying forever. I'm saying for this season, uh, we want to cover you and believe in prayer. Click on the link that says, I want to join a church, and we will help you correspond with you, connect with you, wherever you are in the world, 
to help you become all that God wants you to be. There are six ways that you can worship the Lord in giving here at the Good Hope Church online. And we want to make the opportunity to worship the Lord in giving as easy and convenient as possible. Uh, Look for the platform uh, that you are already registered on and use that platform to worship the Lord in giving with us. Uh, The kingdom work is still going on here at Good Hope. I'm excited about it. Um, Our food pantry is still doing what it does. Uh, We have a new youth diversionary program that we're kicking off in the coming weeks. Um, I've been in touch with uh, several uh, about a crisis pregnancy center that we're going to be bringing on our campus to counsel young women and young men and helping them address the issues of unplanned and unwanted pregnancies. How can we help them walk through that as a church? Uh, I'm I'm excited about that opportunity to minister to young people. Um, We've done it before in the past when we had our high school here on our campus for at-risk young men and young women. Uh, There was a time we had 11 or 12 young ladies who we're expecting here. Some of these young ladies we've continued to mentor and some of them are now working for me here on our campus and we're grateful and thankful to that for that and we're looking forward to God doing some great things. And so uh, besides discipling people in the word of God, we want to help them live lives in a better way and show how the word of God can speak to their life situation. So your gifts will help us to do that. Remember six ways you can give Give as God has blessed you. Give as God has prospered you. And give as God leads you to give. All right? Last but not least, remember God is doing something wonderful in you. And here's what I've learned, man. Sometimes you can't see it at the moment. Sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. You're so close up to what's going on that you just can't see it. But it's at those times when you can't see the hand of God, my late pastor would say, E.K. Bailey. He said, when you can't see God's hand, trust God's heart and know that God is doing something wonderful in your life. Uh, To the Davis family, the family of Calvin Wayne Davis, I want you to know um, I'm praying for you and praying that God will continue to to keep you and so many other families who have lost loved ones uh, due to COVID and then tragically lost them in accidents. Uh, We want to let you know we're praying for you. All right. God bless you and God be with you. Remember, God is doing something wonderful in you. Come on, let's sing it together as the praise team leads us on out.